0: Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Reynolds, back in the studio on a Friday morning. So the Ned countdown continues, sir. Have you turned your AC on yet? Not yet. Man! Golly! But I do have a fan. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, we all can, I think everyone listening would probably agree with me and say that's not the same thing.
1: No, it's not. It's sucking in cooler air, but yeah. the, everything is relative.
0: you <laughs> like 90. <laughs> it's fine with me. It doesn't I, bother me. I don't know how the hell you do it. Well, we're going to continue. I think we're on like day 10 or something like that. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Either way, first round of the U.S. Open uh, was yesterday. How'd that go down?
1: Well, it's a gaggle, as you would expect, at the very top. The leader is a fellow who, I must admit, I'm not familiar with. His name is Adam Hadwin. He is a Canadian who lives in Great Britain... Who went to college at louisville a <laughs> very
0: well-traveled young man
1: Boy, well-traveled is <laughs> understatement this guy's been all over the place anyway adam hadwin canadian who did not even make the cut of his nation's open tournament last week does come down shoots a four under par and he has the lead at brookline massachusetts by himself now there is a tremendous volume of golfers in second place and third place only a stroke or two behind But the only name that you'd really recognize is Rory McIlroy, and he is really, really in a zone right now and playing well. He won the Canadian Open. He has been a winner in recent weeks on the PGA Tour, and he is playing very well in Brookline, Massachusetts, and probably will for this weekend. Over and above that, a lot of golfers' names you wouldn't recognize. These are all qualifiers. Uh, Some of them are amateurs. Some are club pros who've gotten in. This is the U.S. Open, so everybody qualifies for this. Or I can't say everybody qualifies, but you can qualify. Even every man could qualify if he happens to shoot the right qualifying score. Anyway, the bottom line is this. Adam Hadwin has the lead by one. Round two coming up tomorrow.
0: Man, going to be warm, going to be warm. All right, so uh, recently uh, Missouri State baseball uh, made some coaching changes. Uh, What were they? Well, it's a restructuring
1: of their coaching staff. Keith Gutton signed a three-year extension to his contract, so the longest coach in Missouri State history and only the second one ever in Bears history. This is baseball we're talking about. Uh, will be on at the helm until 2025 at the very least he'll probably go on from there he remains the head coach but there is a new associate head coach and that guy is joey hawkins who is really really a good he's a former bear number one number two also a canadian incidentally but he's been in the Cardinals system in fact he was in peoria which is the high a cardinals farm club and they hired him away they being the missouri state bears last year to come down and take over the hitting role with the team. And he did a great job. You saw what the team hit oh, yeah. this year. They like him. He's a young guy. He has a great baseball mind. And uh, he will be an extremely good associate coach. Nick Petrie will take over as the pitching coach. And that's good. He's another former Bears. a matter of fact, he was the Collegiate Baseball, it's a magazine, Collegiate Baseball, Player of the year in twenty twelve with the Bears when he was twenty-seven and seven on the year. Nick will be the pitching coach, and Paul Evans, the thirty-four-year veteran assistant coach in pitching, will now be a special consultant to the head coach. So there's been a restructuring, no changes in personnel, just a redefining of positions. That's good because I really do like this staff. They do a terrific job, headed by Keith Gutton, and he will be back.
0: Young blood's always a good thing, in my opinion. All right, we kind of felt like uh, Arrowhead Stadium would get one of the uh, spots for the World Cup in 2026. It happened. They did. Yeah, Arrowhead Stadium was one of the
1: 12 venues chosen for preliminary roles. Now, in- interestingly enough, this is the World Cup in 2026. There is a World Cup this year coming up in the fall. And so it's every four years, of course, that they have it. This is the Super Bowl of soccer. This is where all the nations get together. Uh, Next, well, 2026, the event will be hosted, tri-hosted, by Mexico, Canada, and the USA. Now, most of the venues for the qualifying and so forth and so on are in the USA. And Arrowhead Stadium is one of them. No dates, nor any particular schedule as to what events will be held at Arrowhead or the other stadia, as far as that's concerned. But nonetheless it is a big feather in the cap of kansas city they will get one of the qualifying and you know the crowds will be huge and arrowhead for this one because that is this is the epitome of top soccer in the world the world cup and it is a very big deal
0: it really is and uh definitely going to try my hardest to get up there because even though I, i i'm not the biggest soccer guy when the olympics come around the world cup comes around i definitely pay attention and it's it's cool competition to see you know um i played soccer when i was a kid so See, that out of my holy ground would be something that uh, will definitely be a once-in-a-lifetime event. Looks like I can take my tinfoil hat off. Adam Silver's not trying to force a Game 3. The Boston Celtics lose to the Warriors, and the Warriors are champions for, what, the fourth time in eight years? That's
1: exactly what it is. Four times in eight years, and they're a very good team, and they beat them. They Complete. beat the Boston Celtics 103-90 to with the type of basketball that Golden State plays, and that's a perimeter game. They got Stephen Curry hot. He had 34 points, and he really, he kind of took the starch right out of the Boston Celtics' collar with the, I think he was 6 for 11, if I remember correctly, from three-point range. And when you see those three-pointers sailing through, it, it, it just takes a lot of momentum out of you. Boston is still very young. They're a good team. They will be back. They'll be a contender again next year. Golden State getting a little bit longer of tooth, but nonetheless, a very good program. Curry is the MVP for the tournament, but it's Golden State in six, and they beat the Boston Celtics last night 103-90. They put it away, they being Golden State, with a big rally toward the end of the first half, and Boston never could catch up.
0: Man, and, and you're right, though, Those that when they can hit those... Long range shots, it is demoralizing to a team.
1: That is, that's the beauty of a perimeter game. Now, the uh, backside to that is if you're missing, oh, yeah, I see. You a, get yeah, your behind yeah, handed you're, to you.
0: You're done big time. Well, um, congratulations, Golden State Warriors fans. The baseball commissioner had some strong statements yesterday, and this time it doesn't involve rule changes. What does it involve this time? You
1: know, this is interesting because this guy, Manfred, who I, uh, I and many others are not a fan of because of what he's been doing, changing the rules, you know, they're changing the distances, or thinking about it, changing the distance to second base, making it a little bit shorter and fooling around with other rules, runners on second base and extra innings and shorter games. Anyway, this is beside the point. This time, Mr. Manfred really came out with some strong statements, and it involves two teams, the Oakland A's and the Tampa Bay Rays. He told those franchises point blank, you had better Get with new stadia now. Right now. Now, That doesn't mean build it now, but it means you better have some plans now because your people are not drawing very well. This surprises me, not in Oakland, but in Tampa, where you have a contending team and a very young franchise that won the World Series last year but they don't draw. They don't draw because the stadium is really, it's in St. Petersburg, and it's kind of tough to get to because you have to cross a causeway, and parking isn't very good, and the place is small. It's only 30,000, and it is domed. Over and above all that, out in Oakland, there are plans. They have on the drawing board plans for a new stadium in downtown Oakland on the waterfront. All right, if that goes through, that's fine. Oakland A's will stay in Oakland. Otherwise, they're headed to Las Vegas. St. Petersburg, they can't get anything. The government, and it, it's the city officials who have to make the decision on this, they can't come to any kind of grips on anything. They're fighting back and forth. And Manfred has said, better get something done because your lease. You to understand, the lease runs out in probably 2004, 2025, I should say. And you don't build a stadium overnight. It takes time to get that thing done. They, in Major League Baseball, wants it done and plans made, N-O-W. And if it isn't, watch out. Those, that team may be on the move.
0: Where do you think it could line it up? I if,
1: would think probably Nashville. Yeah. Nashville is a, a contending city. They talk about the city being a city a the team being in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm not too sure of that. Or Portland, Oregon. But that would mean Tampa Bay would go all the way across country. Sure, and base already a hockey team in there. So that's, that's a really prime market. I, I'm, I'm thinking Nashville or maybe San Antonio, Texas, but that would put three teams in Texas. Is
0: that going to work? I don't know. This blows my mind that the Rays have been what they've been the last few years and they don't, that town just, eh, whatever. It's, just... It's, it's the population number
1: one. Uh, in fact, doing the ball game last night with a Floridian. He said, hey, and we've talked about this quite a bit, folks in Florida, they're there for spring training. And it's a big deal economically for spring training. That's why when spring training was fractured this year, that cost the economy terribly. Anyway, uh, they're not accustomed to going to games. It it doesn't mean anything to them. The identification isn't there. Miami and Tampa Bay. If you took one team out of Florida, that might help the one remaining team. I don't know be a gamble, but it just isn't in the mindset hmm. as it is St. Louis, for instance, yeah. or Chicago or New York and Philadelphia, places
0: like that. Interesting. Well, uh, speaking of uh, Springbirds, how'd they do last night? Lost. All right, here's the deal. These teams are headed in different
1: directions. The team the Springfield Cardinals are playing is the Corpus Christi Hooks, and in the past they've been dynamite. They aren't this year. This is the Houston Astros AA Farm Club. They do have some pretty good prospects, but as a team, they're they're not playing very well. They went into the game in the throes of a five-game losing streak. Springfield went into the game at the crest of a four-game winning streak. All right, different directions. Didn't work out that way. Corpus Christi got the win 5-3 at back-to-back home runs in the sixth inning, which broke a 1-1 tie, and Springbirds. Did recover, but not recover enough. And as a result, it's a 5-3 win for Corpus Christi. So the streaks have ended. Play again tonight at Hammondsfield, Field, tomorrow night, and then Sunday, Father's Day afternoon. Should be a lot of fun. These are two not, I wouldn't call them great teams, but I like the way Springfield plays. They can hit the ball.
0: And it's a good competition. And like you said, this Sunday, Father's Day, great day to take your dad out to Hammondsfield. Field. And speaking of which, happy Father's Day to you this weekend as well. And to you, sir. Thank you. I will see you on Monday.